What up, guys? I am a massive coffee drinker. I absolutely love Caveman Coffee. I've been drinking Caveman Coffee for a long time. Uh, they make an enormous amount of different products in the coffee arena. They make this unbelievable nitro cold, cold brew that I am addicted to, actually. Um, and they also make a bunch of whole bean coffee. They make this amazing cacao butter. But I am a massive fan of their Nitro Cold Brew. It gets delivered directly to my door. And you can have the same exact thing. Go to cavemancoffee.com. That is cavemancoffee.com. Use the promo code BORN20. That's B-O-R-N, the number 20 at checkout for 20% off the best coffee on the planet, cavemancoffee.com is the bomb. What's going on, podcast listeners? My name is Michael Chernow. I am a restaurateur and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I am truly obsessed with living a life better than yesterday through wellness, fitness, and good vibes. I've always wondered if the drive to succeed is something we are born with or if it's something that is made over time through grit, drive, and perseverance. I get to answer that question exactly and the goal of this podcast is to talk with people that have absolutely crushed it in life and have inspired me to do the same. This is Born or Made. I have a great guest to introduce to you today. His name is Mike Matthews. He is a New York Times bestselling author. He's also a top podcaster. He is a fitness and health coach to many, many people. He's helped thousands of people over his career. He also is the founder of Legion Supplements. Mike is an incredibly smart guy. He is full of knowledge, and I really had the opportunity to pick his brain because everything that guy says is super-duper interesting and incredibly accurate. I spent so much time with him that we had to break up this episode into two episodes. Here in part one, we dive into Mike's history, background, and how he developed his research methods, his desire to learn more efficiently, and how he retains what he learns, plus how he relays the data in his books. So buckle up. This one's going to be good. This is Mike Matthews on Born or Made. I have a guy on the show today who truly inspired me uh, the minute I opened up his book for the first time. He wrote a book called Bigger, Leaner, Stronger in 2012 that I think rocked everybody's world. And it's <laughs> it certainly rocked my world. Um, he literally like with a machete, just hacks through all the BS uh, that the health and fitness industry sort of throws at us to just get us to spend money and waste time and try diets and try supplements and try workouts and try movements that really don't actually have any scientific data that proves them to work. He did an enormous amount of research, which I can't wait to get into with him, uh, to really find out what is real and what is bullshit, um, which is incredible. He sold he sold millions of copies of not only Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, but then he started writing more books, Thinner, Leaner, Stronger. Um, is that right? Thinner, Leaner, Stronger, Mike? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because a lot of women were reading Bigger, Leaner, Stronger and then asked and saying, hey, I don't really want to get bigger, but a lot of this sounds like it would apply to me. So it became clear that I should I should take Bigger, Leaner, Stronger and adapt it for for women. So that's how that came about. 
So I, I, I'm super excited to introduce uh, Mike Matthews to the show uh, and get his story. And, uh, and, and, and I've got a bunch of questions for him, obviously, because I, as you know, you guys know, if you listen to the show at this point, I'm an animal when it comes to fitness and nutrition. And this is the guy that I've been wanting to get on here to just prod and just get all the answers, not only for me, but for you <laughs> guys. Me. I'm going to prod you, brother. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, why don't you just give us a, a little intro and then and then uh, I'll sort of tell you what we're going to do and we'll dive right in. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess you've kind of summarized it. I started off, I wrote a book, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, 2012. Published that, I didn't, uh, I didn't have any connections in the industry or um, I, I had no... Uh, I had no name recognition. I was just a dude who wrote a book, really, and I had no idea if it was going to, if anyone was even going to buy it. I don't know. I didn't, I, I self-published it because I was like, eh, I, I, if I'm looking at it from the perspective of an agent or a publisher, why would they even want to talk to me? Because they, in, unless you're into working out, you can't really appreciate the information if you're if you're not an if you're just an agent who doesn't lift weights or if you're not into the body composition game or recreational bodybuilding you know you it's all just kind of greek too you're like oh i don't know whatever it sounds different i guess um so i published it and it sold maybe 20 copies the first month and i was i was excited i was like oh somebody actually bought the book i mean uh, i i was kind of expecting it to just be a bunch of zeros and that's it and you're like oh well i tried next um and, and then by the end of that year, it was selling thousands of copies a month. And uh, I had then saw, I saw that there was an opportunity here where I, I could write more books. And I felt that even that was a little bit early, like Legion started in 2014. But even at that time, I saw an opportunity that I could also create a sports supplement company and really primarily to scratch my own itch to make the stuff that I wish other people just would have been making. And if they, if there was some other company, if Legion would have already existed, I probably just would have went to them and said, Hey, you're doing exactly what I would do. Um, can we work together in some way? More with my guest in just a minute. Athletic Greens is one of the only things that I have been using for about seven years straight. Athletic Greens is the first thing that I put into my body every single morning. I start my day with Athletic Greens. It is a Greens Superfoods powder that I absolutely love. It tastes incredibly good compared to the rest of the stuff on the market. It's filled with 75 vitamins and minerals, prebiotics, probiotics. The stuff is the bomb. I add a little bit of ice to it, a little bit of coconut milk, blend it up, drink it down on an empty stomach, and my oh my is my nutritional wellness insurance taken care of. Go over to athleticgreens.com forward slash born. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash born for 20 free travel packs with your first order. I highly recommend Athletic Greens. I've been doing it for a long time and so should you. So you wrote this book in 2012, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, obviously very smart marketing in terms of just the name of the book, right? Like most most dudes that are flipping through Men's Health magazine, they see a, pay, a pay, you know, a, a, a page in the middle that says Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. They're all going to kind of stop. But what, what I really want to do is I kind of want to get go go 
before the book. I want to I want to know what it was like for Mike Matthews. In an ideal world, we're going back to as early as you can remember. Let's talk about Mike as a child and uh, and understand what it was like coming up. I would say, I mean, there there wasn't anything particularly exceptional in in terms of my childhood. Grew up um, mid- middle class, you know. My dad was a hard worker, and he he did achieve quite quite a bit of success later in my life. Probably by the time I was sixteen, he was uh, a successful entrepreneur. But in the beginning, I mean, we had nothing. So um, he was a hard worker, and he always provided. And you know, there wasn't there weren't any major issues. But we uh, we were living in Los Angeles, and you know, a kid going to school had friends and whatever, and. Um, I mean, maybe relevant to this discussion is as far as as born versus made. Uh, I, I've always been a pretty good student, and that's that's something that is it was pro- at least at least probably half inborn. Uh, I I've always liked learning, and um, have done I did I've always done well in in school. But there's a point where that did start to become also there is an element of nurture because uh, I became interested in getting better at learning. So I started to learn how to learn better. And of course, that becomes a positive feedback loop, right? Let's unpack that. Let's unpack that for a sec. So when you say you started to learn or you started to want to learn how to learn better, what do you mean? Were you were you literally trying to figure out strategies to help you either be more efficient in learning or what what did that look like? Uh, no, I'd say initially it was uh, primarily understanding how to be able to reach a, how to better reach a deep understanding of what are, of whatever it is I'm trying to learn. And ultimately, most of most of the learning that at least was self-directed had some sort of practical element to it because as far as efficiency goes like stuff like speed reading i'm not interested in um ironically the way that i study or the way that i learn is probably slower than than many people but that's that's by design i could get through stuff faster but i wouldn't understand it as well, which means I wouldn't retain the information as well, and I wouldn't be able to apply it as well. And ultimately, I wouldn't get the the results that, I, that, I, that I'm after. And so to give you an example, to be specific, is I am a, a word nerd, I guess you could say. I spend a lot of time in the dictionary when I'm reading. And I believe very strongly about, I've written about this, and there was a little bit of research that was done on this back in the 30s or 40s that correlated, it showed a, I mean, it's not a causation, but it showed a correlation between vocabulary size and the uh, level to which people rose in um, corporate positions, right? So like what, what, what the researchers found is that the, the one factor that seemed to be most correlated with whether someone reached the sea level or not was their vocabulary. And uh, there, are, there are some other anecdotal bits and pieces that, that uh, suggest that there, there, might be, um, there might, be, might be something to that. And in my experience, I mean, I probably started when I was nine or 10, taking dictionaries seriously and, and, and checking words when I'm reading, if I, if I wasn't sure, like if somebody were to ask me, what does that word mean? If I couldn't give a good definition, then if I, if, if in my mind, if I'm kind of like stumbling around, oh, well, um, I guess it's kind of like, no, then I would just go to the dictionary. 
and and check it out and make some sentences with it you know see how i would use it and um and so that's that's something i've been doing i'm 36 now and that's something i've been doing religiously like to the point where if i if i am watching a movie and somebody says a word i don't know i go look at it in the dictionary wow uh, because not because i'm not because i'm afraid of of not knowing words no i see it as an opportunity to add another word to my vocabulary, which is obviously directly relevant to a lot of my work, which is writing and whether it's writing articles, writing books, um, writing scripts or outlines for podcasts or whatever. So there is a direct benefit there. But I think there's also um, a, a less tangible benefit uh, that I that I've just been describing in in that the more words I understand accurately, the better student I am and the better student I am, the more knowledge I can gain and the more knowledge I can gain, the more confidence I'm going to have and the more I'm going to be able to do and the more I can do, uh, the more confident I get and then the more I can do from that. So uh, that, that's an example of of something that is is definitely a made thing. Right. I mean, that, that that's a, it's been who knows how who knows how many thousands of hours i've spent on this since i was like nine years old you know what i mean yes i i one thousand percent that that is not something you were born with right however i do believe that the desire to want to do that is probably something you can't explain it necessarily. I also believe because of my experience as a business person and entrepreneur that there are two types of people. There are, and you might have some uh, research or studies that you know about that have dis dissected this, but there are people that are creative, that are driven or that are sort of walking through life thinking creatively and sort of more of a of an emotional intelligence person and then there are people that are practical and logistical and um and 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 iq definitely makes more of uh, of an impact in their lives um there are people that can retain information really really well and they tend to be the logistical practical thinkers and then there are people that sort of go with their gut more than um than actually going to uh any sort of research study um, and so I, I also believe that there are those two different types of people, like really, you know, not just saying that, like, actually, my business partner at the meatball shop, uh, Dan Holzman is one of the, in terms of IQ, one of the smartest guys I know. Um, he's very much like you in terms of what he likes to read and learn about and his ability to retain information is unbelievable. Like, if he's reading something that actually interests him, and it could be like the Byzantine Empire, um, which most people would not be super excited about, but for him, that happens to be a topic that he really enjoys to learn about. Uh, yep. He is able to retain it and recite it back 10 years after he read it because of that. That's how much it interests him. And so I do believe that there are those. I mean, would you would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh personality tests, you know, Myers-Briggs, stuff like that's been around for a while would, would bear that out. However, I, I think that a person who maybe doesn't have that creative spark inherently, uh, I think that it can be learned. I think what, what, where I would agree with you though, is to reach 
maybe the level of like extraordinary where where somebody is just uh genius is maybe a bit much of a word but is is just very very good creatively uh, maybe maybe there is a bit of a born element in that where if somebody comes into this world with very little uh it's not it's not just creativity but i also see it in the, in in the sense of uh aesthetic sensibilities like in in creative fields they they can't even point out what's good let alone create it you know what i mean they just don't have it they don't have and I, and, I, and i know people like that you i think you you hit it perfectly when you you said it's that level of interest and i i've had that myself it's not with everything i read but there are some things that really resonated with me and uh, i mean there's stuff i read 15 years ago that i could still go back through right now because i was so into it i think you're right it's that point of interest um so those are those those are those are some thoughts on on what on what you were saying more with my guest in just a minute 10,000 is a men's fitness apparel brand. I only use 10,000 when I train. They make the best stuff on the market. The beauty of 10,000 is that you can customize everything. The color, the inseam, the liner, everything is done with the highest quality available. They offer free delivery, free returns, they stand behind their product 100%. I love the fact that they have the best anti-odor property in the game. I am telling you that I wear 10,000 shorts and tops all the time when I'm training and even when I'm not training and this stuff never ever smells. It never ever breaks down. It's really good looking stuff. The material is absolutely incredible. I highly recommend 10,000. There is a 100% money back guarantee on this stuff. So if you don't like it, Boom, send it back and you get your money back. Go over to 10,000.cc. That's T-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D dot C-C. Use promo code BORN20 at checkout. That's B-O-R-N, the number 20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. 10,000 is the bomb. All right, so all through high school, you were doing what? Just uh, doing, doing, I don't know, doing what you do, right? So I wouldn't take spring breaks or summer breaks from school. I would just study. And so by the time I was like 16, I had enough credits to graduate from high school. And in Florida, that's, you didn't have to be in high school until you're 18. It was, it was, it was just, if you had enough credits, uh, whatever a credit was, 25 and a half hours or whatever, um, then, and if you went through all of the, the requisite curricula that you need plus you had the time you could graduate so uh, i did that and then the question i was 16 and i'm like okay i don't like high school is done i have my little diploma where what do i do now so at this point now my my dad is um he's a pretty successful entrepreneur and so the question is should i go to college i mean maybe not right now because it'd be a bit random at my age but uh or or should i just start working and find out you know what do i like enough to want to pursue and so at that time uh, i i spoke to my dad and i spoke to some 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 successful friends of his to get their opinion on okay so if if i'm interested in in being an entrepreneur ultimately i probably want to have my own business i don't know what that would be yet 
does it make sense for me to go to college? And the consensus was no, it would be better to just start working and find what field you uh, are interested in, what activities you like, and then and then go from there. And so that's what I did. I started working. Um, I worked in, in my dad's company for a little bit and I worked in some other companies. And so actually I helped create uh, employee training materials for his company, which kind of led me down the path that ultimately has me sitting here talking to you uh, because that was taking... Uh, taking information out of people who were very good at their jobs at his company and then turning it into material that other people could study and understand and apply and also be good at the job. So sales jobs, customer service jobs and other jobs. And uh, I found that I liked, I just liked the process. I liked figuring out uh, the the puzzle and how to put all the pieces together and how to explain things clearly and how to break down information in a logical manner. And so I enjoyed that process. And uh, so I started doing that for other companies. Um, I, in time, it was a lot, it turned into a lot of healthcare um, providers and then some, some consulting and training companies that work with PTs and dentists and doctors picked up my stuff and would, would deliver, uh, you could think of them as trainings or courses basically to, to dentists and to their staff and so forth. Now we're, we're, we're at the, the publish publication of bigger than you're stronger of, around there in the timeline. And again, it was uh, fitness was something that I was into and for myself and i had i uh, was happy that i had finally educated myself like i knew that for for quite some time i didn't really know what i was doing but it was something i did with my friends i didn't take it very seriously in, in a sense and eventually along the way i was like all right I'm, i want to actually learn how to do this properly if i'm going to be doing it you know five six days a week i might as well educate myself and uh and then so i learned about proper dieting and i learned about proper training and that that was my first real transformation so to speak of my physique and, and was that just like a bunch of reading that you did just like yeah. doing the research mm -hmm. yeah 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 um like it, on the training side of things starting strength was one of the early books i came across where i was like okay this makes sense barbell training i like i think the information and and i and i like rip a lot we're friends now i think i think the information could be presented in a in a way that's a bit more accessible to just the average everyday person there there's a lot of technical jargon in the book but great information great program and so that's an example of something i found early on i found lyle mcdonald's work early on uh, i found on the dietary side of things i found alan aragon's work i guess that's also on the training side as well so i kind of found my way into the evidence-based fitness space which was much smaller then than it is now it's it's obviously now it's not as big as just the gen fit space but it's growing at that time though there were really only a handful of people who were producing true high quality evidence-based information on how to how to train and how to eat um, and on the dietary side of things fortunately that 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 was pretty simple because there was already a lot of good information in the scientific literature there were already good research reviews that there are even better reviews now like eric helms has written uh, a couple of reviews actually that are, are really good in just summarizing, basically here are all the most important things you need to know if you're a natural bodybuilder about nutrition and calories, protein, carbs, fat, pre-workout nutrition, post-workout nutrition, just kind of runs down the whole thing. Uh, but that information was already out there uh, 
it, it, again, it's, it's, it has progressed, but it didn't take me too long to find my way to it and to then experience it firsthand. Uh, I had come across a, a bodybuilder powerlifter guy too, who also pointed me in the right direction. But it, once, once you understand energy balance, you understand the basics of macronutrients, you're like, oh, okay, that, that really actually makes sense. And I can try it right now. And then, <laughs> so I did it. And then I got down to like 7% body fat and I'm like, okay, that works. <laughs> there's no question. And, and then of course, there's also the logical side of it too, where when I understood that, oh, okay, so this is, this is what, let's look at bodybuilders, right? These, these are people who, if anybody knows how to get super lean, it's these guys, what do they do? Oh, mm -hmm. they, they count their calories and they count their macros and like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go down this path because, um, there's probably something to this and then you find that that the the science is truly settled that is that is something where you can say this the science is settled there's no question that's i how mean it works. i gotta say that like it's so interesting and 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 i and honestly i think it's 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 one of the one of the things that i loved about your book so much where you basically and you i don't i, don't, I didn't count how many times you said it in the book but you sort of always go back to this idea that it's just like calories in and calories out and like, I also love how you sort of debunk um, the people that just say, I just can't like I'm doing it. I just can't. And your answer to them is actually. You're not doing it. <laughs> Unfortunately, just, yeah, no, I understand like, <laughs> many, many of these people, they really do think they are and they're earnest in their effort and in their belief that they're doing it, but but they're not doing it. And, and that's not even an unfortunately, I'd say that's actually a, a fortunately because it opens the door to an easy solution because the reasons why they are not doing it are, are, you know, commonly just making mistakes, just accidentally overeating and whether it's every day or whether it is concentrated into one or two days per week, they're just, they're accidentally eating more than they think they are. And then you do have some people that. Uh, which is strange. It's, I haven't run into this too much myself over the years, but I know that uh, coaches run into this where people feel a bit ashamed that like they know that, you know, they've been overeating and they haven't really been following their meal plan, but they're too ashamed to admit it. So they lie and they say that they have been when they haven't been. And so mm -hmm. there's that as well. But a good coach help can can help people get over that and understand that there's nothing to be ashamed of. You don't have to be perfect with any of this. You just have to be good enough most of the time. That's it. And yeah. you know, so what? So what? You ate, you over you over ate a few days in a row, big deal. Let's just get back on track and uh there's no real harm done. Maybe you extended your cut by 3 days. Okay, fine. <laughs> Instead of 2 months, it's 2 months and 3 days now. No big deal. More with my guest in just a minute. Whoop is a fitness and recovery tracker. It is something that you wear on your wrist. They actually look very, very cool. Uh, I've been wearing Whoop for a long time. The beauty of Whoop for me is that it actually tells me how much to recover as opposed to how much I am training. I know how hard I train. What I don't know is how well my body is recovered and that is where Whoop comes in. Whoop is going to tell me how well I've slept, how well my body has recovered from the hard strain that I put in, how many calories I've burned, 
all the things that a fitness tracker would typically tell you through an amazing app. They are a data-focused company. Go to whoop.com and put in promo code CHERNOW, that is C-H-E-R-N-O-W, and get your first month free. Boom. So go check out whoop.com to see what I see every single day. Yeah, and I also, that that's another thing that I love about your book where it really just says because I, you know, I think maybe there are some people out there uh, that can. I know that I've gotten down to 3% body fat um, for bodybuilding competition. It was insanely hard, really, really difficult. You know, when you, when you um, listen to a guy like Ronnie Coleman, apparently Ronnie Coleman uh, was at 0% body fat. Actually, he says that he was at negative percent body fat, which is, I don't even know how that's possible, <laughs> but like that's he was on, uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> like in his case, obviously genetics did have something to do with his ability to put on size and potentially, who knows? I mean, I, I mean that he, he is 100% absolutely positive that genetics did have something to do. And even in Mark, in, in Ripito's, um, He'll even say that genetics uh, at some level in the sort of like top, 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 top tier athlete uh, have 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 something to do with it when you're at the top. Oh, there, without a doubt, without a yeah. doubt. And so there's no question that genetics play a huge role in muscle gain. I've written about this. I've spoken about this on my podcast. The good news, though, is um, we can we can just put hard numbers to it that the average guy will be able to gain probably about 40, let's call it 35 to 40 pounds going from just a normal kind of skinny guy musculature to as jacked as he possibly can get, right? 35, probably 40 pounds naturally. Um, if if he has outstanding genetics, maybe he could stretch that to, to 50. And uh, the data isn't, uh, I wouldn't say it's conclusive in this regard, but there's a, a fair amount of good research on this. And this this opinion is of mine is is based on 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 what I feel is is good data and good evidence, and so what that means is for the average guy, if he hears that and, and maybe goes oh that 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 sounds like not that much like no that's a shitload that's a lot of muscle think of think of like a a, a sixteen ounce steak right that's a pound of muscle now now put thirty five of those all over your body you are big yeah um, and and any guy any guy can can achieve that I mean sure maybe if there's someone who is an extraordinarily poor responder to weightlifting and that is out there that maybe they won't be able to get that far but they'll still be able to get plenty fit they may have to work uh, longer for less than than other people but no one no guy is is doomed to remain frail uh, and weak his his entire life. So yes, genetics is a, is a huge role, especially when you're talking about bodybuilding or or high level athletics of any kind. The people who um, who reach the top uh, have probably almost in, in, in this. The rule is maybe you can find some exceptions, but the rule is definitely that they had an inborn uh, advantage that they were able to play to. Um, and often in sports, for example, that then leads. So they were always just a little bit better in the beginning, and then they got more attention from coaches, which helped them get even better. And then they got recruited to the better teams, which helped them get better. And it becomes a compounding thing where that slight genetic advantage in the beginning turns into a huge advantage later, you know? All right. So I want to jump into a few questions with you because I think um, the, the, 
your book was was just really revealing. And, and if anybody listening is interested in in understanding evidence based um, data on training, the stuff that actually works, nutrition, the stuff that actually works and supplementation, the stuff that actually works, you should definitely go and buy Mike's book because it is authentic, real and genuine. And the guy, I, I, I can't even imagine the amount of hours you've spent on that research. I mean, I'm sure it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. You probably still do it because you're always updating the book, right? How many? Exactly. Different- that's what I was going to say. <laughs> like it's, it's now, I mean, that's a, that's the third edition, but along the way the, there was effectively like the, the second uh, 2.1 and then 2.2 and 2.3. And I'm actually, it's funny, I'm going to be doing, it's, it's not going to warrant a fourth edition release, but I'm going to be doing another round. I, I actually laid out my my publishing schedule for the next several years yesterday. I'm going to do another round of updates because I want to do an editorial pass because I, I do like what's there and it's well written, but I think I can do a better job now. I think I can clean it up even more and I may want to reorganize some stuff. There's not going to be much in the way of substantial changes because I'm very happy with the information that's there and how it's presented, but uh, I, want, I want to make it a little bit better. And there, there probably will be a few changes. Um, again, nothing major, but I, I, I've done that since the beginning. And because Bigger, Leaner, Stronger and Thinner, Leaner, Stronger are really my flagship books, I think it makes sense to keep them up to date as I learn more as new research comes out um, and as I become a better writer, I just really want to keep those books as as good as they can possibly be. And I'm also doing that with Beyond Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. So I'm releasing a new second edition of that book uh, this month. The, everything will be live and then we'll probably do the official launch next month. And it's a, a rewrite from scratch. And I'm, I'm really happy with how it came together. I, I really think I, the first edition is a good book. It has good information. It was the best I could do at the time, but that was four years ago. And I can just do a much better job now. I also have now a better understanding having worked with many intermediate and advanced weightlifters. Whereas when I wrote the book at the time, I didn't have as much experience. I had experience myself and I did have enough experience to feel like I could do, uh, I could do a good book. But now I would say this second edition of Beyond Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, I think is to the intermediate and advanced weightlifter what Bigger, Leaner, Stronger is to the beginner or the novice. And just to qualify that in case anybody's wondering, uh, am I a beginner or novice? Like which one would be for me? So Bigger, Leaner, Stronger is for is for the guy who has yet to gain his first 20 to 25 pounds of muscle. That's a sim- That's the simplest way of putting it. Um, Mm -hmm. if, if, if you are listening and you've already gained, let's, let's call it 15 to 25, just to give the full range of depending on how you respond. But, uh, so really what we're talking about is that you could do that in your first year and a half or so of proper lifting. Most guys are going to get there. They're going to get to 20, 25 pounds or so of muscle gain in, in their first year and a half, uh, if they know what they're doing. And then though, what happens is the, the the program itself, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, becomes more of a maintenance program, meaning that they won't, that there's a point where they will no longer make progress with the programming. And I explain why in Beyond Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. And the change, fortunately, is quite simple. It's just time to work harder. 
<laughs> that's really it. It's time to, and a lot of that comes down to volume, really. It's, oh, okay, you were doing 10 to 12 hard sets per major muscle group per week, and that got you your first 25 pounds of muscle. It's time to do 15 hard sets per major muscle group per week. And there is some periodization in the program, and there's uh, some some features that I think are more suited to intermediate and advanced weightlifters that newbies don't have to worry about. But fundamentally, the fundamental change is it's time to work harder. And so um, I'm excited to, to get this new book out and I'd love to send you a copy. It'd be, it, it'll be even more relevant uh, to you than, than Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, considering where you're at with your physique. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be intermediate and advanced. I'll be very happy if I get the kind of feedback you're giving me from intermediate and advanced weightlifters who have been stuck in a rut, who read Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. Maybe they got, they got some benefits out of it, but ultimately uh, they are, are still just not able to, to keep it, to get to, to, to increase their totals, any significant amount over the course of, let's say six months or longer. And they don't really see any major change in their body composition, you know? Mm. I, 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 I can't wait to read beyond. I haven't read beyond. Um, and uh, the one thing I will say though, for anybody listening, whether you're an advanced bodybuilder, immediate, bo you know, like weight, uh, strength trainer, w whatever you are, the content in the first part of bigger, leaner, stronger is True. so chewable. And it's so, um, it, 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 it's just, it's you, the way you break down just the sort of science and fundamentals of what, uh, what it takes and what goes into understanding, uh, how to change your body. Um, and, you know, is in my opinion, just invaluable information. Cause like you said, uh, you know, starting strength and stuff like that, like it's, it's really, really hard information to retain for somebody who's not deeply interested in like you know like, i i yeah like, yeah i i enjoy i enjoy that stuff like I, I i i nerd out and dork out on it because i really enjoy it i'm you know i'm a, i'm scratching the 40 year old surface i feel like i'm 25 years old i know that the reason why i've been able to stay in such great shape and feel the way i do is because i really am interested in this stuff and i know for right. me personally that like i competed in you know, combat sports for oh, too long, it destroyed my body. And when I was, you know, 34, 35 years old, I started getting into strength training. And now I know that strength training is something I can do probably for the rest of my life. And it'll keep me feeling and looking as young, um, younger, you know, just like happy and, and just enjoying my body. Right. Totally. Uh, and totally so uh, any anybody that 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 really wants to understand and really be able to like just understand this information if you've got time on your hands you're taking a road trip you're in the gym and you're trying to find something to listen to like download bigger leaner stronger it's really worth a listen um because it just it's 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 just awesome relevant information thank you thanks so i'm gonna take a pause with mike right here and close out this episode that was part one of my conversation with mike matthews what an interesting dude it's a little intimidating how smart the guy is, but that's why his books are so good and his methods work. Next week in episode two, we get into the technicalities of fitness and nutrition. Super interesting stuff. You definitely want to listen there. And Mike helps me break down the science behind proper training methods, macronutrient data, and how to get optimal results in your body. 
That's it for this episode of Born or Made, ladies and gents. I hope our discussion inspired you to take action and chase your own success. Set goals and work towards them. I would be incredibly grateful if you shared our podcast with your friends. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified every time we drop a new episode. Help us out by leaving a positive review and a five-star rating. That would mean the absolute world to me. It really helps the podcast grow. And finally, I'd love to keep the conversation going with you. So you could follow us at Made on Instagram. And you can also follow me at Michael Chernow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok. We really appreciate you tuning in and uh, can't wait to see you on the next one.